into the Atlanta Sports Party, your home for the best sports talk in all of Atlanta. It's local insight you can't get anywhere else but right here on Locked On. I am your host, Tanitra Batista. Alongside me are Jarvis Davis and Maria Martin. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150. If your team wins, visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. The Atlanta Sports Party is also part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Now, coming up later, we're going to deep dive with some Hawks talk, and we'll take you guys around the Metro, the Thanksgiving edition, since, hey, we won't be with you guys for Thanksgiving. We'll be with our families, but let's get started. Let the party start with our top takes. And I'm going to go to you, Maria, first, because you've been on this story, and it's something that is developing, but we want to talk about it because word has come out that Atlanta gets that Major League Baseball All-Star game back in 2025. Of course, that's four years after the game got moved from Truist Park to Denver's Coors Field over objections to changes in Georgia's voting laws. Rob Manfred made the announcement Thursday at the owners meeting. And so we now have that official official. But what was your first thought when you heard, hey, we're getting the All-Star game back? Thank goodness. I mean, everybody was so disappointed when it was moved in 2021 and and rightfully so. And um, even Brian Kemp tweeting out right after the announcement came out, look, our voting laws have not changed, but we're very excited to welcome the All-Star game, which that's great. The All-Star game is coming back. It should have been here in the first place in 2021, to be honest with you. Um, I'm sad that it was pulled out of the city. I know everybody else was too, but look, this is so great for our city. It has such an amazing impact anywhere that it goes. And it's the first time since 2000. It's the first time Truist Park is going to see yeah. this game and what a That's great venue. Nice. I mean, for people to come from all over the world, all over the country to Truist Park, it's such an amazing venue to host the All-Star game. I'm stoked. And you know that there's going to be Braves players that play in it. You know, yeah. back in 2000, you had Chipper Jones and Andrew Jones on that team. So you can expect to see, I'm sure, plenty of Braves faces. Remember this past year, the whole infield yeah. was on yeah, that. The whole infield. Yeah. So, I mean, what a great and exciting time. And I was just, I walked literally off set five minutes ago and I told them I'm booked and busy in 2025 because we've got the national championship game. We have the all-star game. And then the next year we have the world cup in 2026 and now the home of us soccer. I mean, what an Mm -hmm. unbelievable time to be in Atlanta. I'm so excited. Yeah, and this also speaks to the power of Atlanta sports. And I'm mentioning that because, of course, of the three of us, Jarvis is the Atlanta native. And we've always heard that, hey, Atlanta's not a real sports city. Well, amazingly, if we're not a real sports city, why are we always in the conversation about the Olympics? We're getting the World Cup. We're getting the MLB All-Star Game back. I don't doubt that the NBA is going to come knocking at our door soon enough. So I think that it just speaks to the power of what this city brings as a diverse city, as an international city. Because like you said, Maria, of the professional sports, you could argue that MLB is the one that's been international the longest and still has the greatest appeal. So, yeah, Jarvis, what did you think when you heard, wow, we're getting the game back? The city about to be litty and it's going down, <laughs> you know, because like that's one of the things like, you know, when I was uh, back in my uh, <clears throat> my heathen days, T, you know, Maria, you know, when stuff like this come to town, you know, hey, hey, hey everything is going down. But but no, seriously, though, this is, this is really cool. And I think that, you know, this city, it deserves to have big events because that's what we do. We have big events and we put on, you know, when those yes. big events come into town. So I, I think that, you know, the people who are talking about like this not being a sports town, like it's mm-hmm. it's just so it's just absolutely ridiculous. Like yeah. I think that we host well. 
we're in the South, you know, and, and I think that people want to come to Atlanta. And I think that, you know, the demographic diversity down here and like everybody can come down here and have a good time, no matter what you look like. Right. So I, I think that's where we are right now. And I was like super excited to hear that the All-Star game is coming back to here like it's supposed to be in the first place. And then just imagine what the battery is going to look like, you know, before that game and, and just so many people going to be in town. It's just it's just going to be a, a scene, and that's what we're used to having: being on the right. scene and, and being the and scene being for everybody to watch. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and you know it's interesting because, of course, not to get political or anything, but I, I know that uh, Governor Kemp tweeted out that we haven't changed our laws necessarily. However, sometimes it takes a stepping away, even if you come back, in order yeah. to foster a conversation yeah. about change. Sure. So I think if nothing else has fostered a conversation about change, it kind of brought a spotlight to, hey, maybe we need to at least consider modifying our voting laws or how we approach that piece. And I think, again, that is the one thing about sports. Sports brings people together. Sports sparks conversation. And sports always seems to lead when it comes to making change in the greater uh, greater good for society. So, yeah, I like it because in addition to what you guys said, I think even off the field, it's also made an impact there. And I just know from you know this week, if you will, all the way to 2025, that Atlanta is going to do everything in its just wheelhouse everything humanly possible to make sure that this thing gets off the ground and it's a beautiful thing now speaking of getting off the ground and getting off the ground the right way week three of the college football playoff rankings got off the right way because week one and two did not if you ask us georgia was ranked number two finally got the nod for the number one spot after they literally drug Ole miss all between the hedges last weekend so the dogs are number one already in the SEC title game and likely to still make the CFP even if they lose that championship game. So Jarvis, we know that Kirby Smart and company don't really need motivation, but how does Kirby Smart keep the dogs focused to not get ahead of themselves and really just focus on Rocky Top? That's what they do. That's what Kirby Smart does. Kirby Smart figures out the way to push the buttons of 18 to 22 year olds. And to be honest with you, T, that deserves eight figure, an eight figure salary. You know what I mean? Oh, no <laughs> like, <question>. so, <laughs> right. You know, to, to be able to grasp the attention and get these guys to focus in on a weekly basis. Yeah. And, and like, and you have all, you won all these games in a row. You won back to back national championships and you got these guys focusing. Hey guys, I know you guys got rings. I know you guys got all this NIL money. I know you guys about to get drafted in the first round. But hey, focus in on for a few more games so we can get another ring and I can get another raise. You know, so you can go and get that get big more bonus NIL money. money if you stay right, and, and get even more NIL money if you if you have so just so happen to have any eligibility left. So yeah, yeah I think this is something that you know Kirby has locked down and, I, and a lot of college coaches are trying to figure out how to do what he's doing and I think that for him to be able to do this and the, the college football playoff committee to finally say oh yeah maybe they are the best team in the country uh, it's just it's just fitting it's just fitting absolutely and listen Maria I think that if you can and don't get me wrong Brock Bowers can motivate himself I mean he is truly the definition of self-motivated however he talked about in his press conference earlier this week in meeting with the media that he was motivated because he's talking to his teammates and mm -hmm. talking to Kirby Smart and making sure mm -hmm. he knew exactly what he needed to do to get back sooner rather than later. Kind of counting out or, or kind of Xing out rather the naysayers who are saying, hey, man, maybe you should just kind of call it a career 
and go on to the NFL, but he didn't. He came back to help this team win a championship. And I think that you got to say that is part and parcel of what Jarvis is saying, how this team and how Kirby Smart keeps these guys just focused on the ultimate goal. You know, I feel like every single year we're talking about a trap game for Georgia, right? And, yes. oh, this is the trap game. And Florida was the trap game. And Missouri yes. was the trap game. And then Ole Miss is the trap game. It's like, okay, how many of those do you have in a season? Because yes. I'm losing track of what the track the trap game really is for Georgia. They finally got it right. They're number one. We all agreed that they should have been number one from the get-go. And I think maybe a statement went over Ole Miss solidified that. Um, yeah. I think if anything, yeah, you do look at Tennessee and you think, okay, this actually could be a trap game because for them, there's nothing else for them to play for. They've got their eyes on Atlanta. It's hard to take kids and let them focus on each week at a time. Going back to what Jarvis said, it is more difficult now than ever before to get kids to focus and care about playing for their university. Oh, yeah. That's bad thing on the kids that I'm not no disrespect to them it's hard they have a million things going on it's impossible sometimes to get them to focus on caring about wearing a University of Georgia uniform it's not the same as it used to be just because of all those other x factors that Jarvis had mentioned so the fact that Kirby Smart gets them to do that week in and week out is incredible the Vols have won 14 in a row at Neyland Stadium I had to like what because yeah. I couldn't believe that when right. I thought 14 in a row, you got Dolly Parton, the queen of East Tennessee, is going to be in that building. That place is unbelievable. I mean, if I were to say, could Tennessee beat Georgia? Absolutely, they could. I just don't see it. Georgia is so dominant every single week. I don't think that there's any team that's going to beat them again. Georgia hasn't lost in a really long time. In fact, my producer, Megan Smedley, the other day she looked at me, she said, you know what? Georgia hasn't lost since I got hired here, which is insane. <laughs> wow. Wow. That, you know? That is so, so crazy. And I, I just don't see it happening in Neyland Stadium. Georgia is the number one team in the country. However, I would be very nervous if they did lose this game. The college football playoff committee clearly is not favoring Georgia in any ways, and there right. are quite a few unbeaten Power 5 teams up there. So I would be careful if I was Georgia. I'd try to make a statement in Knoxville if I could. Yeah. And I think that they're aware of that. And I think they're looking at it like even trying to motivate themselves to say, okay, you know, Ole Miss had the one-two punch and Judkins was at the top of that one-two punch. They had a global quarterback, but this is going to be the toughest with Jalen Wright and Dylan Sampson and even Joe Milton III is that dude. So I know that they really do believe that they have their tough, they had their toughest of the season against Ole Miss as far as the rushing attack, but this week probably brings the toughest. So yeah, I think to me, Maria, they only beat themselves. I don't think Tennessee beats Georgia. I think if Tennessee wins, it's because Georgia beat itself. Now, listen, we're going to talk a little bit more in the deep dive about a team that kind of beat itself in the Atlanta Hawks when they took on the Knicks. But first, I want to tell you guys a little bit about FanDuel. All right. So when we think about FanDuel, you think about the fact that this is an opportunity for you to make some money during the holiday season. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. You still got a half of a season to go, so I'd do it if I were you. No, I would. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, stop thinking about it. Do it. There's no better time to take action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on throughout the NFL season. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on 
FanDuel is your official partner of the NFL. All right, Jarvis, so we appreciate Maria stopping by. We know that she has a whole bunch on her plate today. So definitely so cool to talk to her about the All-Star Game and also to talk to her ahead of Georgia because, you know, she's told us a lot about her history and even posted some things on Twitter about her history with uh, Tennessee and with the SEC. So going to be interesting this upcoming weekend. But some more interesting games coming up as well for the Hawks because they're going to go back into in-season tournament play both Friday and Sunday. But they stepped out of in-season tournament play on Wednesday to take on their nemesis, the Knicks. Now, the Hawks showed the physicality that we didn't see in that first game a couple weeks ago when essentially the Knicks blew them out three weeks ago. But where they did take a beating is where they've been taking a beating in most of the games they've lost and even some they've won, and that is on the glass. So, of course, we know the Hawks took a 116-114 to 114 loss. But kind of let's talk about our takeaways for that and things that can help them to get more prepared for the Sixers on Friday and the Pacers on Sunday. What was your top takeaway from the Wednesday night game? To be honest with you, T, it's, it's, it's kind of getting starting to get a little frustrating with me because just the how they continue to start off, start games slow. It's specifically on the defensive side of the court. And Quinn Snyder even mentioned that as, as much as just like, why does this team continually start slow on the defensive side, right? Because, you know, this is a game that's been billed as a rivalry. And, yes. and I think that the Knicks now are starting to take 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 that take that on as as theirs. Like, yeah, this oh, yeah. ain't no rivalry more. We we're we're here. We we we're doing our thing. And I think that, you know, Julius Randle, if for example, he's the guy that continuously bullies whoever is guarding him. It doesn't matter who's guarding him. He just bullies folks. And I'm just like, man, we had this issue when John Collins, you know, John Collins was, you know, playing at that fourth spot and, and trying to guard him. And then you saw Jalen Johnson on him. And, you know, and in certain situations where they were switching out, you saw Bogdan Bogdanovich on him. I'm just like, and he was just doing step back threes on him. I'm just like, right. okay, like, obviously <laughs> you guys don't have an answer for this cat. So it's just right. like, so, and, and then, so, now, with that, you know, being said, you know, then your backcourt, you know, Trey and DeJounte go 0 for 7 from 3 combined. And, you know, you got Jalen Brunson and Emmanuel Quickly. Those guys outplayed your backcourt in the fourth quarter. And it's yeah. just, it was just, it's been, it's becoming a start. It's starting to be a little frustrating, T, because we made a few changes, right? You know, you, you, you know, you made a couple of additions. You, you, you re-signed DeJounte. And all that, but it's just too many things that continuously come up. And it, it seems like we're talking about the same thing in these types of losses. And, you know, it takes me back to the Warriors from a couple of years ago, right? Where right. they had to, well, several years ago, where they had to figure out when they played a team with big men, not just the, a big man at the five, but the four and the five, how would they play it? And so I feel like Quinn Snyder is going to have to figure that out how to play small ball, but a physical brand of small ball so that at least you're contesting because the other places that they lost in addition to the perimeter was in the paint. They got smoked. And Mitchell Robinson was like, I double dare you to try to get a ball off this offensive glass. I, I, and Hartenstein too, T. Hartenstein. Yeah, I was going to say what Hartenstein does you <laughs> I'm like, really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I want to I mean, say Mitchell something Robinson. right now, but I might get in trouble if I say it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think you might know what I'm saying. I'm like, come oh, on, yeah, y'all letting this, this yeah, cat. We're just going to leave it to Hartenstein. But when Mitchell Robinson out-rebounds the entire bench mob, that's a problem. 
that's a, he out rebounded wow. the entire bench mob 15 rebounds to 14 and then the overall which was you know my takeaway from it is essentially you've got to be able to address what's going on on the glass and you've got to right. be able to do things the little things when it comes to a closely contested game because when you look everywhere else most of those numbers match up with field goal percentage now where you well field goal percentage like you said free throw not so much that was a little bit of an edge to the Knicks but as far mm -hmm. as first fouls they both played a pretty clean game then they got the Knicks to turn the ball over a little bit more than the Knicks normally do but right. overall though both of those teams turn the ball over pretty much at the same clip but again if it's a game where you already know it's going to be tight and it's coming down to the wire if your three ball is not going down when you get to that charity stripe you are a good free throw shooting team you got to make yes. more than 76 percent while they're out there making 91 that's not going to work so that's one place the other place is if you're fortunate enough to get the knicks to turn a ball over then you've got to get more than 13 points out of 17 turnovers so right. just being able to capitalize i think is an important thing and the other thing is this Jarvis, when we talk about the defense and Mitchell Robinson being able to do what he did in Hardenstein, they were always prepared, always prepared to get out as soon as the, the, the Hawks threw the ball up. It was like they mm -hmm. were halfway back to the other side of the court because they were like, hey, we're going to assume you're not going to make the shot. We'll leave two guys here, but we're going to take three and send them down court. And it seemed like they they hit every time. And I there were a couple times where I saw in that game that the Hawks were a little bit too flat-footed in that situation and didn't seem prepared. They seemed to go in the opposite direction, JD. They seemed to assume they were going to make the ball, the, the shot, even though their three shots weren't going down and weren't prepared right. for the long rebound. So I think it, it goes to what you were saying. The physicality definitely was there more than we've seen it. However, you've got to find a way somehow to address the likes of Julius Randle. Yeah, like, and that goes with that, the low post play, right? Like your yes. front court. And I want to bring this to you too. Um, we can talk about this before the show, but this has been kind of been on my heart, right? I like I know I, I, I like laying on the couch, you know what I'm saying? Talking, you kind of help me out with my, my whole psyche when it comes to Atlanta sports, right? Right. So I, I think <laughs> like Clint Capella, he was awful last awful. night, T. Yeah, he was yeah. awful. He was <laughs> so bad, just just from rotations and 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 help defense, all yeah. all just rebound like. He just, he just, it wasn't there last night. Now, granted, Clint Capella has been a nice addition to this team. Yeah. But I feel like it's time to, and you could tell me if I'm off base. It might be time to consider this cat coming off the bench because you got a guy in Onyeka Okongu who you just paid, right? Yes. Like, I need to see him play more minutes. Yeah. You know, and, you know, because. You talk about how double because it seems like double O once he gets into the game and actually gets into the flow. Yeah. Now it may take some time to get into the flow. Don't get right. You know, because you know, with the fouls and all that yeah. stuff, it just the, the just a little silly stuff like turnovers yeah. and everything. He led a team in turnovers last night, you know, yeah. like you know, so it's just like those little things like that, I feel like can be um uh remediated if he yeah is in that starting lineup from the get-go and going. So, you know, he he, he only played 21 minutes, you know, to yep. compel us 26. And I feel like, you know, we're in a space now where I think Capella would understand if he wasn't starting. 
Because oh. that's just unacceptable right now, T. Like, the way you played last night, it's just unacceptable. It's just, yeah. I, something has to be done, like, I feel. I think that's a great point because at some point, everybody has to know, other than maybe Trey Young and maybe DeJounte Murray, that you're competing for your job. And right. I think when it comes to Onyeka Okongwu, for the most part, he has shown the ability, like you said, once he gets in rhythm, to really bother big men. To yeah. really, I mean, he is, he's like, I think we've said it time and time again, he's like kryptonite for Giannis Antetokounmpo. Not a lot of defenders are kryptonite for him. Can't nobody, not a lot of people say that. Yeah, but he, <laughs> he's, he's over the years has been able to keep him in check. And I always use him as the main example, but there are others. He just needs like we said, to refine his game. I know he's been working really, really hard on things like his mid-range jumper, but I almost want to say, hey, double O, put the offensive work on pause. We got Sadiq Bay, We got Jalen Johnson. We got them handling the offensive side of the four, right? So right. what I need you to do is come in and handle the defensive side of the four slash five. And don't get me wrong. Jalen does play some solid defense. Sadiq Bay tries. He, you know, is committed to playing defense as well, but I like how you put it. He's committed to playing. (laughs) Yes. But uh, Mm -hmm. when Double O comes in, it's a different feel. And you kind of know when you need him to come in at the four or at the five. So I agree with you. I think, and it it came to me, like, in watching the game, is there a defensive version of Kyle Korver in the building? Because Kyle Korver helps everyone Mm -hmm. to improve their shots. But is anybody helping somebody to improve their defense? And I think if there was somebody on that staff who was just that guy who could literally just take him aside and say, here's how you defend without getting a personal foul. Here's why yeah. you're getting into foul trouble. And here's how you can continue to improve your game overall without, you know, taking yourself out of the game. Because and when I say taking yourself out of the game, that's why he, he leaves the court a lot of the times too soon because he'll get back to back fouls or before you know it, he's got three fouls in five minutes. And you're wondering, like, man, I got to keep him out in case I need him later in the game. So I think that that's a great point. And I think the other thing that Quinn Snyder and Trey Young are going to have to figure out is this. The league has already decided that they are going to blitz him on pick and roll. They are going to do everything they can to trap him. And there's really going to be no way out of it, no matter what. So it'll be interesting to see what happens when they when the. Hawks have to put up with the likes of Tyrese Halliburton and Tyrese Maxey this weekend. Those guys are playing lights out and see how they're going to defend them overall, but also prepare a counterpunch for when the Sixers and the Pacers decide we're going to blitz Trey and we're going to make everybody else figure out how to create their own shot and win the game away from him. Now, we'll see what happens in the in-season tournament play that comes back this weekend. But coming up next, we'll go around the Metro after Jarvis tells us about subtext. Guys, listen up. Let me tell you something. Join Substex.com slash Locked On Sports Atlanta. That's the website you need to go to if you want to get access to my All 22 review. Yes, if you've seen me on Twitter, at JarvisD90, I gave you a little sample. I gave you a little sample of the dope. You know what I'm saying? So you can get hooked on it. So you can go to the website, joinsubtext.com slash Locked On Sports Atlanta. And plus, you can be able to get a couple little bonus, bonus content as well when you access it to it. It's a free trial. If you don't like it, you can you can just bow out gracefully and you don't have to do it, pay anything. But if you do, go ahead and join the team and become a Locked On Sports Atlanta insider today. All right, guys. So we're about to go around the Metro. As we know, it's a little less than a week away from Thanksgiving and everybody's probably trying to figure out who's responsible for what, or at least that's how we do it at our house. Everybody has an assignment 
And some people's assignments are bigger than others. Like mm-hmm. my assignment is the turkey and macaroni and cheese and a third thing that I just figure out when it happens. But we all know turkey's going to be there. We all know, you know, ham and ham and mac and cheese will be there. But here's my curiosity. I'll give you three options and you tell me what you prefer. So sweet potato pie or pumpkin pie? What? Just just sweet potato sweet potato pie. Like, why why is this even in a question? Because you you know how we get down. Like when I mean we, I mean we, we, how we get down. We don't mess with no pumpkin pie. I ain't never had pumpkin pie, a pumpkin pie. I can't even say it. I ain't even have, I've never had pumpkin pie in my pumpkin pie in my life. I can't even say it. I'm so excited. Um, but yeah, yeah, it has to be sweet potato pie tea because when you think about, you know, big mama, you know, and putting those pies in that oven. You know, in the middle of the night, you know, because she's staying up cooking all night because she don't want to be standing on, on her feet during the day at Thanksgiving. She just want to sit back and relax, you know, or even take a little nap while everybody chowing down on the food. So, yeah, the sweet potato pies bring back good memories for me, T. Oh, I love it. I love it. And yeah, sweet potato pie for me. In fact, when I went home for homecoming a couple of weeks ago, I got sweet potato tea cookies. That's a new thing. Yeah, yeah. Sweet hmm. Interesting. That's, that's the truth, truth. I have to bring those to you guys to try one time, but they are absolutely amazing. Now, what about turkey or ham? What's your favorite? Oh yeah, turkey. It's it's hands really? down turkey. Yeah, because you know what? Because I'm a type of guy where I like making sandwiches with the turkey. Oh. Like like that's my big thing. Like I almost don't even like to eat it like by itself. You know, on on the day of, I'm a guy I like to go to leftovers, get the turkey, throw it in the dark meat. Got to go with the dark meat. Put it in the microwave, let it warm up a little bit. Then I get me a, some two two little pieces of white bread tea. You know, give me a little mayonnaise, give me a little hot sauce, give me a little pepper. Oh, I'm in there. I'm in there. Like I'm getting hungry right now. Like my mouth is salivated right now. My dad okay, said he gonna bring me a turkey over, so I'm like, yeah. I'm going to get a little jerk turkey going on this year. So, yeah, I got to do it. Got to do it. Got to do it, T. I'm going to leave that with you. But I do <laughs> I do know that I got a, um, a tip Ham one too. Time. They can get it too. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. I got a tip one time, believe it or not, from Honey Baked Ham, where you can take those leftovers with turkey and the dark meat, and you can take the cranberries from the cranberry sauce. It, it, it's like a good cranberry sauce. Uh-huh. Uh, with the ones that have kind of like the cherry version of the cranberry, not like the flat beet type version of it. Okay. Yeah, you can put that on and you can get, you know, whatever bread you like. It can be like, in our case, it'd probably be a French loaf of bread. Okay. And yeah, you can make quite a Bougie. good turkey. Yeah. Yes. Right. But like white bread? French bread, yeah. Uh, yeah, so uh, <laughs> that's what I would do. But yeah, mine is ham. I just absolutely love ham because I love, like, my sister does the ham for us and she does a fantastic job with it. So nice. I just kind of love it. Yeah, because she always has the perfect blend of, like, not too sweet but not too kind of dry because a ham yes. can get a little dry too, if you're not careful. So she oh, does yeah. a, a good job with that. But also my uncle makes you give a nod to Turkey as well, because he does a mean fried Cajun Turkey. That is. A yeah. Tradition. You can't go wrong with that. Yeah. That's, yeah. that is. And, and let me give some, show some love to uh honey baked ham as well, because yeah. when you think about like the sandwiches that comes out of that place, Woo! I, you know, I, I discovered one out here, you know, in uh, Augusta, T, you know, yeah. and woo, woo, man, yeah. I had me a sandwich from that day. Oh, my God. Yeah. They are so generous, too, with the meat. I was going to say, like, I usually, usually <laughs> they, 
three times, two or three servings to get through one sandwich because, like you said, it's yeah. generous. And that's where I got that idea from as well because they do a glaze on that, even with the cranberry, with the turkey and the cranberry, they'll do Ooh. a special glaze and it's pretty darn good. But the other mm -hmm. one is this. And for me, I don't even know why it's a, a question. That's why I said side mac and cheese or whatever the hell else people eat because it's always going to be mac and cheese for me. Yes. Wow. Yes. So mac and cheese, yeah, it's up there for me. But for me, like, I've gotten to a point where my my my, my sister-in-law makes a, an amazing kind of like a spinach type situation. Oh, it is so good. You know, and it can be a little a little salty a little bit. You know, if I can use a Keith Lee uh ism, you know, it's a little salty, but it's good, you know, yeah. it's really good. So yeah, I, um like that spinach situation definitely the mac and cheese. Mac and cheese got to be on point. Um and it got to be you know the casserole looking mac macaroni and cheese. I ain't talking oh, about yeah. no box stuff. And I play games. You know, you know, like come on now, like yeah. you know, you had my wife's uh, uh, macaroni and cheese. You know how she gets down. So yes. yeah, yes, yes. So, uh, but yeah, definitely macaroni and cheese. And then uh, uh, honorable mention for for a spinach spinach dish. I love it. Yeah, definitely. And that we actually do like mustards where we get them ourselves, not the frozen ones, but we clean them and we cook them down overnight sometimes and those are really good too so yeah mustard mustard greens might be my second favorite side there now listen i don't know about you jarvis but you know i have 17 jobs but i could add oh, one yes we all do yes. and that's the problem <laughs> like i'm happy to add another job and right. you know if if i wanted to really add another job it might be with rapper rick ross apparently he's looking for a personal flight attendant and i thought i might throw my application in there because hey that's probably gonna be a job with some serious perks. Yes, yeah, like you talking about, you know, say the salary range. Like I love them being up front. You know, salary yeah. range what eighty five thousand one hundred fifteen. That's not some exactly. bad. That's some, that's yeah. decent money. You know, yeah. You know, I said decent. You know, because inflation going on. You know, everybody's salary got to go up around here. But anyway, right. but yeah, but yeah, that that'll seem like it'd be cool. But you know, there was one thing that I don't know if you, you know, are up on this. They say you got to be able to throw down a little bit too, Nutty. So what you saying? Then I can't cook? Y'all hear? <laughs> hear? I ain't hear saying you can't. Saying I'm I not saying you cook. can't. I'm not saying you can't. But I am saying, you know, would you be willing on a consistent basis? For the right money and all the accoutrement, I would get my butt in that kitchen. <laughs> yes, sir. Sure would. I must respect. Yes. Yes. I must respect. On that note, good people. Yes. We're going to get out of here before it goes off, off, off. Yes, real. please. Thanks to our girl, Maria Martin, for stopping into the party. Uh, we know she has a busy schedule today. Be sure to check out all of our Locked On Sports shows on our Atlanta channel on YouTube. We appreciate you stopping by. And, of course, don't forget tomorrow, tonight, rather, to check out the Locked On Hawks Postcast with Deshaun Tate and me live after every Hawks game. We'll see you then.